see here the, these great apostles. They were wonderful apostles, Barnabas and Paul. But somehow they came into a disagreement. Christians don't agree in everything. Is it true? Don't agree in everything. And sometimes it could be. And that's what we can see on how mature we are in the spirit. Whether we come against each other and use hard words to put down the other. Or that we could say, well, if you see it this way, the Lord showed me this way, you're still my brother, amen? You're still my brother. And we see here a disagreement. And who was right or not right, we will see it in eternity. But I believe here it's very important. Barnabas wanted to take John, called Mark, along with them also in the trip. But Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along. Who deserted them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Now we have to understand, Paul was an ex-Pharisee, a strict ex-Pharisee, and he was disciplined in everything. He disciplined himself also. And he said that I had not preached others, and perhaps am guilty myself. And he said, I'm buffeting my body. He was very interested, and, and he was disciplined in his physical life too. And that's important. We must be disciplined in our life too. And of course, he had strict rules. He was a Pharisee, and he disciplined himself. He expected discipline from others too. That's so important. And there were two things important for the Apostle Paul. That's first of all, and it's important for God too, is faithfulness. Faithfulness. And the next thing is stickability. You know what that means? Stickability. Stick to the things of the Word of God. And that's because John Mark he was not stickable. I don't know what it was, and, and Luke doesn't say why he left Paul and Barnabas in Pamphylia. Perhaps he was scared, perhaps too young, or whatever. But Paul saw he is not the material he could use in the kingdom of God, especially in mission field. In mission field, we have no wishes in mission field, we just serving the Lord at any circumstance. We can't say, no, 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 I'm a German, and I'm a little bit fussy. Here in the mission field, we, 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 we wouldn't do it this way. Forget about your Germanity. We serve the Lord wherever you are. Amen? Hallelujah. And that's so important. And that's why, and Ellen and I, we have talked about it. Luke chapter 14, verse 27. Whoever does not carry his cross, these are the words of Jesus. Yeah. 
and we talked to my cousin in Germany, and he was a missionary in, uh, in Africa, and he quoted this verse, and we thought about it. Now read it again in Luke chapter 9, 62. No, Luke 4, 27. Whoever does not carry his cross, or his own cross, and come after me, what does it say there? He cannot, no matter how, how much he likes it, he cannot. He cannot. And he never will be a disciple of Jesus. These are the words of Jesus. And as I thought about it, it came more into my life. Everyone who speaks against this word, he never was a disciple of Jesus in the first place at all. If you and I, if we would preach a different gospel, not to take up our own cross and follow Jesus, then we are not disciples of Jesus. I'm not a disciple, a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am not. And it's important. He cannot be my disciple. Not, oh, I, perhaps he might change one day. No, it says here, if he, can, he is not um, doing and taking up his cross and follow Jesus, he cannot be my disciple. Or Paul, uh, Jesus says in Luke 9, 62, no one after putting his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You can't start in the kingdom of God looking back and say, well, um, it's a little bit hard. I didn't think it was that hard. It is sometimes, but it's joyous. And one thing I learned in all my life as a minister, the best thing is to be sold out for Jesus totally. Then you have got no problems with compromising. You just go straight after Jesus. Amen. And tell me, is that easy or hard? It's easy following Jesus because he has showed us the way already. Hallelujah. Don't come tell me it's so hard being a Christian nowadays. Perhaps the way you think a Christian should be. It is hard. But if you are born again and you follow Jesus and you are a disciple of his, it is easy following Jesus Amen. Hallelujah. I like to follow the Lord Jesus. I couldn't imagine any other way of my life than just following Jesus. Now, there was something. Paul found a disciple. And this disciple he found there, his name was Timothy, chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He found a young man, Timothy, and somehow 
This young man interested Paul. He saw something in this young man. There's capability and he is sincere in his faith with the Lord. Young people don't need to fall in their young time when they're following Jesus. They don't need to go into the world. They don't need to go and find out what is in the world. There's nothing in the world. Young people follow Jesus. And this is here um, an example of Timothy. And his Greek name was Timotheus. And that's why we call him Timotheus in German. That means glory of God. Now, he was there. And Paul wanted him to come along. He saw in him a faith or a steadfastness and he took him along. Now like a child is born in pain. Now listen very good. Having children is wonderful for us husbands. But all the mothers they can tell you what's going on. It is painful, isn't it? Painful. And those who are not married as yet, as yet I don't want to scare you in any way. But Paul speaks about it as well. A child is born in pain. So was born a Paul, born spiritually under the pain of a man called Stephen, because what he suffered there, the Stephen, when the rocks fell upon him, and the glory of God was open unto him, and as I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father's throne, there was something happening. Of course, his real born-again experience was on the way of Damascus when he met Jesus. But there, the, the things, the pain in his life started. And so also perhaps Timothy, he was an eyewitness. He saw Paul being stoned on the ground, full of pain. And he said it in a place I have borne you with pain. A son, and what, do you, uh, what does it mean? It means suffering and pain for Jesus can cause someone to become born again through the Spirit of God. And that is more than anything else as big talks and so on. Now Paul he found this young man, Timothy. Remember, just as Paul had born spiritual children, so must we bring forth spiritual children too to the glory of God. Now, although Timothy was a young man with spiritual maturity, it is something wonderful to see young men spiritually mature. And he was mature. 
and Paul furthered him to preaching ministry. Usually Paul would not take novice so quickly into ministry or any ministry of God. We can read it in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 6. And not a new convert, so that he will not become conceited and fall into condemnation incurred by the devil. And that's very important. This is one of the rules. If we will have elders or set elders in ministry, it must not be a young convert. And why did, why did Paul take this young man, Timothy? It would speak against what he wrote years later to Timothy. He was a young man, but he had spiritual maturity. Hallelujah. He might have brought fruit already. I'm sometimes going to my lemon tree. And you know what I realized? What I realized? Where are the most lemon? On what branches? On branches that thick? Or branches perhaps even thinner than my finger? The most lemons are outside on the very weak branches. Interesting. Interesting. And that's, so you can see and find it often, people who are born again, freshly born again, they sometimes bring more fruit for Jesus as those who are death sick. And being perhaps disciples of Jesus for 10, 20, 30 years. So, Timothy, although he was young, he was spiritually mature, and that's what Paul saw in, in him. Timothy had the necessity to become a minister of the gospel. And we read, and that's important, I must say, also for you Christian parents, your children. It's all good what you do. Give them all their will, what they want, and spoil them rottenly. And I guarantee they hardly will serve the Lord. But here was Timothy, and the Bible, the Bible gives us a little bit of a background into his family situation. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, For I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which was, was first or has first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. The atmosphere at home was so important and that also brought Timothy, although a young man, maturity in his faith. Hallelujah. That's important. And I must say, my dear mother, she is with the Lord. I was not allowed to read any comics 
in our days. I don't know. I was allowed to read the Bible, yes. But all the comics about Tarzan and all these things, you know, with the, with the bubble, speaking bubbles, I was not allowed to have them in my house or in the house. I was a, allowed to read the Bible. Yes. And when I was in bed, I read the Bible. I had, didn't have one of these years. They were not available. And I must tell you what I did because the Bible was so heavy on my chest when I laid down. It was so heavy here on my chest. And I read the old Luther Bible. That's almost the old King James in German. And then I built myself a little structure and there was a card, a board, and then with a little ledge on like this here. And then I put it on my chest, and the Bible was standing in front of me. And then I was writing or reading till I fall asleep. Hallelujah. Let your children read the word. Give them the word of God. Although I know all the toys are perhaps important for children. I'm not quite sure, but that's the way I've been brought up. And the Lord called me very, very early. When I was 13 years, I gave my life to the Lord Jesus. And when I was 16, I had a call for a minister of God in my heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But I didn't go to Bible college then straight away, I spoke to our pastor and said, well, uh, I, I feel a call for the ministry. And he said, Werner, okay, make yourself useful in the church. Make yourself useful in the church. Be in every meeting, prayer meeting, Bible study, and so on. Make yourself useful. And that's what I did. And the time came when the Lord opened up the way for Bible college. Hallelujah. And here I am a few years later. And I know the word of God. I got all these things taught by our pastor. Before I went to Bible college, I knew all these things. And when I went to Bible college, I got it even deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, there was Timothy. The atmosphere at home, there was a godly mother, and there was a godly grandmother. Thank the Lord for godly grandmothers. Amen? Thank the Lord for godly mothers. Hallelujah. I remember my my mother didn't let everything what I wanted. On Sunday afternoon, we had church in the morning, half past nine, and Sunday afternoon, three o'clock. Unfortunately, unfortunately, our house and across the road, there was a soccer field. 
and you should have seen Werner Schultz when he was a boy. Oh boy, did he like soccer. When I came out of school, I put my back in the corner and then out and I was playing soccer, soccer, the whole afternoon. But we had a little shortcut and the shortcut was this. When we went in the afternoon to church, we had to go across the footy or foot soccer place on the outside line. And I saw my friends there. And they were all jumping up when there was a goal and so on. I had to turn away. And my mother had me on my hand. And we went to church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Then I knew, although I would have watched that soccer game there as well, and I learned something very early. You have to bring sacrifice for following Jesus. And I brought a sacrifice, or my mother brought it for me. I had to suffer it. I had to come. And I had to understand, no, this is not my way. I'm going to church in the afternoon. And the pastor was preaching. And that in this church, there I found the Lord Jesus Christ when I was 13 years old. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Parents, take your children. Bring them to the Lord. Here was a healthy home atmosphere for Timothy. His mother, she was dedicated. His grandmother, she was dedicated. And there was young Timothy, or Timotheus, as we say in German. And you heard all these things. And when Paul came and asked him, do you want to come along with me? Of course, he was circumcised by Paul in order to be, when, because there were many Jews, not in any way a rock of, or stone of offense. That was the only, only reason. Timothy had a good reputation. That's what we read. He was well spoken of by all the churches. That's good. That's good. We pastors need a good reputation. We need it. And every minister, evangelist, or an elder, whatever, you need to have a good reputation. And that's what Timothy had. And Paul heard about it. And he took him. A man of God must have a good reputation within the church. Then he will be a blessing to the church. Hallelujah. That's why I thought this morning, clear up the things straight away. We are not divorced. We are still married. Hallelujah. Otherwise, if it would have been, you would have said, Werner, you can talk what you want. I don't believe you. But here's my dear wife. And she knows me better than you know me. And she knows me very good. And the Lord knows everything. Now, on this second mission trip, Paul was therefore going in order to make sure all the churches 
got this letter that pleased the Holy Spirit, that things that churches should be abstaining from. And that was important. That church in Galatia, they didn't know. They were not in, at Antioch where the letter was first being read. But that's why, and there was one of his mission as well. Now, and we read here something, the Spirit of God withstood them. In one way, we can read it, and it says here, didn't allow them. There was something the Spirit of God didn't allow them to go further into Galatian area and Pamphylian area. There's very important things. We must depend on the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. We, and Paul depended, and we read it, that the Holy Spirit did not allow them, and neither the Spirit of Jesus Christ and they stood there. They were in minor Asia. And they were all the way on the east. And where to go now? You know, there was the Mediterranean Sea. Where to go now? Further into Galatia, into Turkey. They were not permitted by the Spirit. Well, where then? Don't worry. If the Lord says no... It's a blessing, hallelujah. Don't think the Lord is always going behind us with, uh, with his hands lifted up and said, oh yes, be blessed, be blessed, be blessed. Wherever you go, be blessed. No. God blesses only his ways. If you walk in his ways, then he will bless you. And they were, by the Spirit, not allowed to go further to the east. And then, and that's a wonderful thing, hallelujah. Do you believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Can I hear an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Paul had a dream in this night. He didn't know where to go. The Holy Spirit didn't permit him. The Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them. Then he had a dream. Hallelujah. This was not a McDonald's dream. There was a dream from the Spirit of God. Somebody wanted to see visions as well, and he thought the best way is to fast and ask the Lord for visions. And after a few days, he fasted, and he had a vision. Big Mac. What vision was that? Was it from the Lord? Perhaps it's time, it's time to stop fasting, get something to eat. That's not the way. Paul had a vision in the dream and he saw a Macedonian man on the other side in Greece. And he was doing this, come over Come over to Macedonia and help us. There was the answer. If it's 
no way you wanted to go. And sometimes it is the way. Not our good intentions are always sanctioned by the Holy Spirit. His ways, His ways is important. And you know, David had very good intentions. He wanted to build a house for the Lord. Is this a good intention? What do you think? Very good intention. Now, who built the temple in Jerusalem? David? No. But what about his good intention? But good intentions is never the way of God. His way is always being blessed. Hallelujah. And that's why young people or elderly people or who we are, if you want to walk blessed by the Lord, go on his ways. Hallelujah. Don't look anywhere else. Walk on his ways. And we read in 2 Corinthians uh, Chronicles chapter 60, verses 7 to 9. I want to read it. And that's what Solomon said. 2 Chronicles chapter 6, 7 to 9. Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of the Lord, the God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, because it was in your heart to build a house for my name. You did well that it was in your heart. You did well. This idea and this thing is good. Nevertheless, and that's important, nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son will, will be born to you. He shall build the house for my name. Good intentions are never ever the best thing. They are good, but leading by the Spirit of God is the best. Amen. Hallelujah. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The kingdom of God is not being built of good intentions. No, it's the will of God. We all know this prayer Jesus taught his disciples. We call it just like so, and it's not right. The so-called prayer or the prayer of the Lord, the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer is actually in John chapter 17. But here is the prayer of the church and, and the disciples. In chapter 6, Matthew verse 10. Your kingdom come. And then, so there are some people, they went crazy and said, well, we have to build the kingdom of God. Who is building his church? Can I hear it? Who is building his church? Who? The Lord. Because it's not my church. Not a James's church. Neither Pastor Gary's church. It's the church of the Lord. And I will build my church. And now listen. And one thing Jesus taught 
us to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. The kingdom comes through the will of God. Amen? It comes through the will of God. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then they came to the first city, and that was which one? Philippi. And when they were there, they ministered, because now they knew we are in the right place. We are in the right place. And so we see here, there were some European women they ministered to. The gospel came from Asia Minor to Europe and we're not being preached to European men or German men. It was preached to two women. Isn't it interesting? Interesting? It was preached to two women and there was the first woman it was preached to and we can read it in Acts 16, verse 9. So I have to find it quickly. No, verse 14 first. Now, a woman named Lydia from the city of Theotiron, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening, and, and the Lord opened her heart. Hallelujah. To respond to the things spoken by Paul. She heard the gospel. And Paul spoke to the women there at the waterside, riverside. And this woman opened her heart and she got baptized with all her household. A very important thing is this. I have often talked to people and they say, well, in the New Testament, they also baptize children, infants. So where did you read it? Oh, it's it's in the Bible. If it's in the Bible, I should know about it, and you too. For instance, the jailer, and he got baptized, baptized in all his household. And they say, yeah, but you don't know how old the youngest son was. And then I say, well, he was 16 years old. Where do you know it? So I know it from the same source where you know it that there was an infant being baptized. You understand? Yes. And we see it very clearly. Now she, Lydia, she was baptized at your whole household and everything that belonged to, all the servants that believed the word of God. So and then we see here 
the other one, there was a slave girl with a spirit of divination. Now Paul heard it. There was a, a, a girl and she said the right thing. And she made actually advertisements for Paul and the whole mission group. Is that allowable? Oh, well, she did the right thing. She didn't lie. What did she say? He said, well, these are men. They're bond servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. What is, was it wrong? No. Why then, why then? Turned Paul against her. Didn't he like her voice? No. But there's a principle, and that's so important. The principle is this. Things used for the devil can't be used for the kingdom of God. Full stop. Amen? And that goes also into music. People say, well, we have to reach the young generation. We have to play their music, rock music. And that's why you have churches full of rock music. You can't apply it. Paul got annoyed. She came and said the right things. There was free advertising. Why, oh why, Paul, did you stop her? He knew there's insight in this lady's or this girl's heart. The devil is in there. And you can't arrange the devil to become your public relationship minister. You can't. And we see here Paul, after she has done it so many times, he turned to her and commanded the spirit to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Hallelujah. God wants to have clean vessels in which he puts his spirit. And God wants to have clean vessels through which he can use and bring the gospel. Remember, anything used by the devil cannot, and I say it very clear, cannot be used for the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? 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 Anything used by the devil we can't use in the kingdom of God. A person that served the devil before needs to be cleansed and born again, washed by the blood of the Lamb. Then God can use you. Hallelujah. And that's so wonderful. So, I have seen something and it hurt my heart. It was about 15 or 20 years ago. I'm a few years here in Australia already. Ellen and I, we decided to have a little bit of holiday. And uh, we went to 
Mirumbula. You know where it is? Mirumbula? Yes. And we went there and had a little bit of a holiday. What should we do on Sunday? Peter, what? Go to the worship meeting. I know you do it always when you go around Australia. And then you learn something. On this Sunday morning, oh, there was no Sunday meeting. Yeah, okay. Uh, they had it on Sunday, Saturday. They changed it because on Sunday they had something to do with the life-saving gods and stuff like that. You know? But I thought a church should be engaged in saving souls and not getting the guys out of the water. But, but we went there. And the pastor made an introduction. All the children was, were at the front. Ellen and I were sitting somewhere there. And all of a sudden, he started to do tricks, magic tricks. He had a funny magic trick head on. I thought, are we in the church or where are we? Yeah, a magic coat, you know, the black stuff, you know, and a pointy head. There was the introduction for the service. Things the devil used can't be used, cannot, cannot, cannot be used in the kingdom of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And I don't know, my dear brother James, how long the Lord will keep me here on this earth. I don't know. And you are witnesses as well. If anything that is not of God wants to creep into this church, shut them out. Give the devil a kick in his teeth. Things of God are holy. Are holy. Although this girl, she was not lying because the devil is a liar from the beginning. She was not lying. She said the right things. These men are servants, bond servants of the Most High God, and they have come to proclaim the way of salvation. Paul was clear in his mind, like a crystal. Nothing, nothing that doesn't add up with the Word of God and with the Spirit of God belongs into the church at all. Can I hear an amen? Louder. Amen. Hallelujah. Anything that is not out of this book, don't listen to it. It must be the word of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my dear brothers and sisters. I thank you also for the young people, Lord. It seemed to me, Lord, that you caused me to pray.